Welcome to the e-commerce lab by Ecomsi. This is the place for everything related to Amazon private label and e-commerce. Learn exactly what you need to start or scale your business. Get insights from the top industry experts who will discuss the latest trends and best practices in the world of Amazon. From choosing products and sourcing from a supplier to setting up your Amazon account and marketing your business, you will hear it here. Let's get started. Here is your host, Vincenzo Toscano. Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Commerce Lab by Ecomsi, the place of editing related to Amazon FBA private level and e-commerce. My name is Vincenzo Toscano, your founder and CEO here. Um, I want to start this episode by giving an amazing welcome to my friend, Matthew, which is a very close friend of mine. We actually met uh, in Vegas uh, a couple of months back. Uh, we had an amazing experience there at the Alibaba event. And, and the reason why I wanted to bring Matthew today is because we're going to be talking about an amazing topic, which is AI, which we know has been a topic very hot when it comes to talking about this. Yeah, exactly. Podcast on AI. <laughs> and and before I give the word to to Matthew, I just want to say that he basically started this amazing company, uh, Mass uh, Commerce AI, which is basically specializing on, on you know finding all the solutions AI, uh, using AI to help help you scale your business. So I know that's also going to be part of the conversation today. So before we go any deeper, let me welcome you. Um, to the show once more, Matthew. Thank you for being here. Uh, it's a pleasure, man. How's everything going? Yeah. So you, your audience knows you as Vincenzo, or or can we say, <laughs> can we say Enzo from your audience? I mean, to be honest, it, it's funny because depending on on the location. So some if I go to Mexico, they call me Vicente. Mm -hmm. If I go to um, uh, in Europe, like especially uh, in actually in Latin America, South America, Vincenzo, yeah. Mm -hmm. If I go to Europe, uh, they get confused between Vincent or, or Vincenzo, like the right way is Vincenzo, but you're open to call me as you wish. And Enzo well, is very Italian, yeah. I won't say Vinny. Uh, what would your grandmother call you? Enzo. Okay, we'll do that. Grandma's best. Yeah. And for the record, I have very little memory of uh, the Vegas event, so <laughs> in the audience, I know yeah. everything was a bit blurry. Yeah, <laughs> that was quite a ride. Yeah, good to be here, man. Uh, I've been watching your your show for a while, and you know, sometimes I see uh, some familiar faces and mutual friends, and sometimes I see some some cool new people. So, yeah, uh, it's cool. Yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, thank you, man. Uh, I just want to you know start with a little bit about you because I know. You have a very interesting background and also a lot of years when it comes to this uh, space. So tell me a little bit about, you know, who is Matthew, how you jump into e-commerce and then what led you to basically now uh, open uh, and focus uh, your new company around AI. Yeah. This yeah. Is yeah. Um, why is he here? <laughs> why do we care? Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a native Midwesterner. I mean, grew up in Indiana and, you know, um, studied all sorts of things in college that I'm not really learning anymore, although we'll get to, you know, one of the things that I actually studied, which was environmentalism and sustainability, which I don't want to bury the lead, but, you know, there's a, a piece to that, I think, in the in the reason for the new company. But, you know, I, I moved to New York as a musician, singer, songwriter, composer, mm -hmm. you know, aspiring <laughs> and had a, <laughs> a list. Pretty amazing first couple of years, you know, in Manhattan, um, ran a nightclub for a while, just like crazy, wow. crazy stuff. Um, but just kind of tripped into, you know, 
the real world of, of professional whatever um, through some friends who had a boutique agency, you know, doing full service comms and marketing um, and yep. strategy for the what we would have called the gay market back then, now LGBTQ you know, plus. Yeah. But it was cool because I um, I just got a crash course like at the age of 23 in all things advertising and marketing. From, I mean, depending on the day and the client, I was wearing the copywriter hat or the art director hat or the, you know, comms planning hat or the digital media buying hats like or or, or with. And it was cool because it was this unique moment in time where it was, you know, it was this new opportunity. I mean, you're too young, Enzo, to know this, but like we're talking about like sex in the city. Like OG, OG Sex in the City, <laughs> right? I can imagine. And HBO sort of realized, oh, there's a, a gay following. You know, that's one of our core markets, and um, we need people to figure out how to, you know, position this and advertise yeah. it. Somewhere. So, yeah, it was cool. Got to work with HBO and Target and Mercedes Benz and wow. Wells Fargo, and just, um, yeah, I realized looking back now how lucky I was to just get that mm -hmm. that sort of experience and the keys to that. Yeah. Thing. And probably spoiled me, you know, for later when it got harder. <laughs> I but yeah, I eventually got into BD, you know, selling the agency services, working on their client dev. And then that took me uh, kind of to, to the hopping over to actual sales. So I started in ad sales, like literally at magazine ad sales. And, you know, my parents mm. at the time, it, it's this, it's, a, it's like a lot of things in e-commerce. Like if we try to talk to our parents about what we actually do, you know, yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. it's we're a little more sophisticated, but back in the early 2000s, it was like, I'm pretty sure for at least the first year, they thought I was selling magazine subscriptions door to door. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that, that was cool. I got to work with a lot of the big houses, Men's Health, and um, then eventually Condé Nast. Yeah. Got to be at Wired, you know, for a couple of years during their huge digital transformation. Uh, mm -hmm. Also working with Reddit, you know, which continues to be the biggest site today. Um, but the journey was basically, you know, going into these legacy brands. I mean, I worked for Fast Company for three years during their transformation. Um, and if we have time, I'll, I'll tell a story about that experience. But, you know, always kind of transformative roles um, on the revenue side uh, at increasingly digital, you know, sort of voice brands. Um, yeah, pure plays, apps, et cetera. And then the knock on the door, you know, uh, from Walmart um, was the opportunity to, to launch their retail media network. But this was five years ago when really the only mm -hmm. game in town there was Amazon and their PPC. Yeah. Um, certainly the, the biggest of the big box retailers hadn't done it yet. But it was like the aha moment there, I think, was, uh, you know, we've got the biggest data lake in the world. And we would often yeah. joke, that, like, yeah, but like, <laughs> you know, getting into it. Like we're crossing in a rowboat and like fishing out of fishing fish exactly. out of with, with our hands. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Fast forward to today, it's it definitely like a, a solid number two, I think, behind um, you know Amazon ads. Jeff, did you hear that? Jeff, I said number two. <laughs> Be careful. He's not listening to this. Take action. Take action. <laughs> He's busy writing his newsletter. Um, but yeah, so like I got to be on the launch team, you know, of of that. Um, Wow, what a World's journey then. Company, right? And doing the change management internally and building that and really gratifying. It was like learning from a fire hose and then got bit by that bug and wanted to get deeper uh, into e-commerce. And so then I moved into the e-commerce division to kind of relaunch the third-party marketplace for Walmart, which is sort of, you know, how I met you and, you know, that whole great gaggle of, <laughs> you know, crazy, <laughs> crazy kids that are the Amazon kind of, you know, seller. The Amazon gang. Yeah, yeah, the Amazon yeah. gang. Um, yeah. I don't know if you're going to Austin uh, next week. Are you? I mean, no, they're trying to convince me. <laughs> is it before your your trip to Naples? Um, yes. So okay. the thing is, if I go, it would be basically in and out. 
Uh, so I might. Uh, right. it, it might be a surprise. It depending. Maybe you're having your your cognac and your whiskey and up here and out of nowhere. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll we'll wait with bated breath. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think so. Kind of to link to where you know the topic of launching a company. I think I after that great experience of five years, you know, and just meeting so many talented people, getting to be you know on the rocket ship of our two innovation businesses, and then also like getting to rub shoulders. Um, with great entrepreneurs, it just kind of reminded me looking back that I'm like, you know, I think I've always kind of wanted to be an entrepreneur. I probably always should have been, but I've been trying to do it within big companies, uh, particularly this last, you know, five years at Walmart. Um, and uh, I just sort of, the stars aligned here, some, you know, some things in in my, you know, my personal life. And um, I'm, I'm 45, which I'm not supposed to say and tell people my age, right? Uh, but I'll, I'll say it because I think it's actually the average age of you know uh, of an entrepreneur when they start their exactly. first business, right? And I thought I'm I'm happy to be average. <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, yeah, and so thinking about like, well, what do I do? Like, what can I offer? What do I have to say? Like, what do I want to do? And what can I do? Who do I know that can help me? Just really been swimming in that soup, you know, for the past few months, trying to figure out what can yeah. I. What can I do that's going to be fun, right? And also challenging yeah. and just, I think, important and like necessary. So um, even the name Mass Commerce AI has this change. Like I, I bought the domain for something else and yeah, the, the, the trademark search is already, and now I have to go back. <laughs> I don't know if I, if I can just switch the name, but it's things are moving. As you know, you're not. It's familiar. actually good. I, I like the name. It's well, actually, you wouldn't like the previous good. one then. Um, and so, but okay. so we're not going to tell anybody that one, but like, so yeah, it's, yeah. but that's also just a testament to like, Think how cool it is to to be in a network of great people who are doing their own version of that it's like you can you know you know you can spaghetti test any idea with you know just uh you can whatsapp somebody who's who knows right and they'll be like no yeah. <laughs> right or yes exactly. and right so but yeah um there's been some other things happening which is i've, I've been getting really into ai um mm -hmm. I'm, I'm in a few positions now i'm uh technically an ai influencer <laughs> Yeah, I can way. see that on LinkedIn already. Hey, AI evangelist, yeah. Just, yeah, just like, <laughs> oh, you know, calling myself an influencer. But what it really is is um, a wonderful uh, research firm, Corsite Research, which Deb Weinswig uh, founded and is the CEO of. I mean, and they've been, you know, Deb's the kind of person who has a China phone, a Hong Kong phone, and mm -hmm. a Western, you know, yeah, US yeah. phone. And, um, you know, you have to sort of message her on, on all channels, you know, <laughs> because she's just everywhere to, to get a signal. But yeah. she, you know, she was, uh, she's been way into retail and on the analytics and sort of, you know, market um, uh, consulting, you know, for a long, long time. And so they're deeply embedded in the the retail sector. Um, and she's just a huge voice. And, you know, she had this idea to bring together kind of good minds um, mm -hmm. in a way that can talk about, well, uh, we all have a strong vested interest in, in AI succeeding. Um, how do we do that? And what do we need to be thinking about? And so, you know, it's kind of a it's kind of a secret club called the Corsite Research AI Council. Um, you know, we we did an event this week, uh, the first summit, which was not secret. You know, we were, um, you know, asking people to register to come. Really, really wonderful. But um, mostly, you know, what we do is we we have conversations and we create content um, to talk about how do you balance uh, profitability with responsibility. So this idea of like. Mm -hmm ethics and opportunity, right? And okay. all of these questions about, you know, the technology is changing so quickly. It has so much opportunity to radically change um, the world. We want to make sure that we do that in a way that's positive, right? 
that we avoid, you know, sort of watch outs and potholes, that we um, that we ensure equity and we make sure that, you know, the maximum amount of people and groups and companies and interests, you know, can can be a part of the AI revolution, right, and benefit from it. And so that that's super cool. Um, I've also um, joined the board of Centric AI, which we might talk about a bit later, um, which is an abs absolutely like a SaaS platform, right, that is about right. um, linking supply chain, you know, all the way downstream mm -hmm. to customer behavior signals. And right, yeah. how do you actually make purchasing and sourcing and sh you know, shipping decisions in real time based on, you know, the highest confidence, you know, sort of insights that we're getting not based on what the product did last year or six months ago or last quarter, right? But like, what are we seeing now? And then what do we know about yeah. the customer we're targeting and what we think is going to happen? That's super exciting. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot happening. Um, mass commerce AI then, um, where we sort of landed is there's an enormous need here uh, for two things, right? I think and really, if you think about, we're talking about the commerce sector. I call it the commerce sector, which includes mm -hmm. certainly brand owners, uh, exactly. the, the sellers, the e-commerce seller community, the retailers and e-tailers, but also the you know the SaaS platforms and providers, right? And the solution mm -hmm. providers. I think um, they know two things, right? They know number one, they need to lean in, or at least, in, particularly in bigger companies where there's like corporate communications and you know brand image concerns, they need to be seen to be leaning in, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Number two, most of us have no idea where to start, right? Exactly. And um, at the event a, few, a couple of days ago, I actually I had fun. I kicked off uh, on the panel. I just said, like, by show of hands, um, raise your hand if you know what GPT stands for. And I said, I yeah. promise I'm not going to call on you and make you say, right? Uh, but I would say less than 20% of the audience raised their hand, right? And, and again, that's not to indict anybody. It's, it's just to show that, like, we get really, really excited about something without, you know, going a couple. We of don't ways. go deep. That's we the thing. Yeah. No, that's the thing, right? It's 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 all the hype. It's all the rage now. Um, that's not to say there's not huge opportunity, but um, there's so much noise, right? Um, and it can be so um, overwhelming, right? And kind of scary. So, yeah. you know, that's that's yeah. number one and two. It's like we got to do it, but we don't know where to start. So. Um, you know, my background as a, an advertising marketing leader, as a commerce leader, you know, um, launching two, you know, 10 figure businesses within the world's largest company, which is a lot about um, internal selling and external selling, right? Managing different stakeholders in a, in a matrixed fashion. Like, how do you how do you find sort of value alignment, right? And something that works for my business that's going to drive your business, right? We're all, we're all doing some version of that. But, you know, particularly in these big companies where, you know, they tend to be very siloed and matrixed. And, um, you know, it's the old joke at Walmart is if you work for Walmart, you figure out what's happening at Walmart by talking to people outside of Walmart, <laughs> you know, and I don't think Walmart's are unique in that regard, except for the fact that yeah, they yeah. are the very, very largest example of that. Right. But yeah. so I think, you know, the opportunity is really to um, help and figure out, you know, what, what can I do to sort of help that? Right. And if I feel like I want to be a part of this revolution that, um, helps the maximum amount of companies and people um, derive the maximum benefit from AI, right? What's the role that I can do there? And I think what I can do there, right, is um, first as a consultant, right, and as an advisor, kind of come in and uh, just assess and start asking questions and getting the stakeholders to ask the questions, right? And I think um, an important way of framing this, and this was, uh, this was something that came up in the event this week, is um, don't have an AI project. Use AI 
to help your existing projects, right? Because an AI project is just giant and amor you know, amorphous and like, how do I track that? I don't even know what it means. How's it gonna help my business? And you know, that's too big and fuzzy and 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 ill-defined to be effective, right? Because yeah. where we are with AI now is it's highly tactical. It's highly use case specific and you have to know the use case, right? Even something like ChatGPT, you know, generative AI can do a lot of different things, but you have to be really prescript prescriptive with those prompts, right? Otherwise exactly. you just get yeah. teleported, you know? Um, and, it, you know, it's getting better with each release, but the reality is, you know, um, right now, the best way to use AI, right, is to really start from your own business KPIs. What do I need to okay. achieve, right? Mm -hmm. And how can, and just look at it like any other tool, right? In the same way that, you know, digital became, you know, a new way of doing business, right? And then, you know, when you're advertising, right, using the data and targeting, right? Um, automation, you know, auto bidding, like all the whole revolution journey, right, of this is just always about, you know, a new tool helping you do something better, right? I think it's rare that, you know, a technology comes out that fundamentally changes the foundations of your business, right? I mean, it, it certainly yeah. can launch new businesses, but we need to look at it through the goggles of what are we trying to achieve, right? And then what new tools are out there to help me do it better and faster, yeah. at better margin, lower level of effort, et cetera, right? So that's a big part of what we do, right? Um, is provide guidance, um, understand first their business needs, um, and then put together the framework and the strategy for the, the pieces of that that we can push on, right, using specific AI technologies and partners, right? And so, you know, mass commerce AI is not, um, you know, it's not like the old ad agency that you, you know, there's, a, there's an RFP um, and a review yeah. process that lasts months and months and months. And then one of the global holding companies gets the business and they just have the business until they get fired. You know? exactly. Um, exactly. No, it's, it's more like, we're here to pro provide guidance, right? And, um, you know, we're working on a project basis in three or six months, you know, probably no more than a year for some of our largest clients, um, particularly where the change management piece uh, is really critical. Um, because, you know, with AI, the, the KPI is what really drives the stakeholder that you're going to be working with, right? And particularly in large companies, you have a lot of different interests that you have to sort of, you know, herd the cats on. Um, and so, you know, getting those people to the table together and finding out, you know, what are the, what are the technologies, whether it's mm. look, I just need somebody to help me, um, import my listings from my current, you know, Shopify or my current Amazon. It's, there's a thousand items in the assortment. Um, I, I can't afford, or I don't have time, you know, holidays coming up. I need the organic relevancy yeah. to be, you know, I need the listing quality to be at 80 plus man, like yesterday. But like how to do that. So there's there's partners, as you know, like that are out there doing that, friends of ours who there's all sorts yeah, of tools. Exactly. Um, and, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I go on, yeah, sorry. No, no, no. It's just like that's what it is, right? And I think, you know, um working with them to marry their KPIs directly to things that they can push on now, right? And then versions of that based on the client need, right? Um, will be more evolved, right? In terms of, you know, quarterly, you know, um, you know, sort of biannual, et cetera. Um, but we, I don't, I'm also not so, uh, you know, I have no, uh, delusions that I can create a business model, even for my company that is going to necessarily be relevant, you know, even six months from now, because, uh, the technology is changing so quickly. Um, a big part of this yeah. is going to be that understanding, um, how much of it can companies start to build internally? How much is, you know, are, is going to need to be partnered on? 
um, how much Excellent. guidance, you know, like once when we get companies through that first phase of general understanding of like what the ecosystem is and, you know, where it can help, like I, I'm not so arrogant as to, I don't think I have a crystal ball that says, you know, this is what a consultancy would look like six months from now, right? So I think we just got to stay, you know, stay plugged in. And, yeah, be um, dynamic. It's exciting. It's exciting. Yeah, I think I think first of all, I mean, your journey is is crazy, amazing. Like, I mean, you have so many experiences, and I think that's that, that at the same time, that's such an amazing thing that I'm sure is helping you in your business right now because you have points of views from different areas and different uh, business units. That that that's key when it comes to driving a business forward. So first of all, congrats for that. Like, your journey is is, is been great so far, and and I think coming back to your business, the idea itself. It's such also a, such an innovative idea because I'm thinking like one of the things that I see with my customers and people that come to me when they come to AI is that they will say, okay, I want to start using AI. They start playing with ChatGPT, some of the basic or some of the basic AI out there. They don't really understand mm -hmm. how to leverage that within their business. They stop. They don't go deeper, and that's it. It, it mm -hmm. ends there. Mm -hmm. But I think what is going to happen is like business that really understand the power of AI, they will really want to hire consultants like you that they really understand and have mastered the craft of how to really integrate AI. Because let's be honest, I don't have the time. Like for example, myself, my focus is Amazon and Walmart running ads. I Absolutely. don't have the time to understand how I can put AI on my business. So of Great course, point. the need is going to grow that I, I need to hire people like yourself and your company to come in, see all the mess inside my business and tell me, okay, you should be replacing all these with AI, these processes, these tools. Yeah. And there's yeah. a huge amount of value there. Like I haven't seen any agency offering that because I see like AI starts to become more and more relevant uh, on our industry. People are going to uh, need experts. And, and I think you are ahead of, of the lot by doing this. So yeah, I just wanted to say that it's a very good <laughs> idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, not anymore. Cause we just gave the idea to how many people listen okay. to this? <laughs> no, but <laughs> yeah. But here's where I think, um, again, your point about like, yeah, they don't know where to start, right? But also the time savings, again, you know, they all, we all have like, well, I, I used to be able to say we, but now, it's like, you know, I'm doing my own thing. But most people, right, their time is spoken for. Most people work for somebody. And even if you're an entrepreneur, like, again, you're, you're already booked to the nines and you're just, you're just chasing, right? So it's like, how do you add this new thing into an already, you know, overbooked, you know, bursting sort of day? But also... Um, and another member of the council, uh, uh, Janice Wang, actually, who's deep into the um, apparel, you know, particularly on the sourcing side and using AI, right, to help on sourcing and manufacturing and, and marrying that back to things like sizing. Mm -hmm. The name of her company escapes me right now, and she won't like that. But, um, you know, this idea of <laughs> he's really she's really hot on like because I did this explainer video a few weeks ago, which just asked mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of you know people from all walks in the industry, a lot of people in our mutual network, you know, if you were in a room full of business school students, what's the one thing you would want to tell them about AI? And then we actually took that into Columbia Business School mm -hmm. and Pace University um, computer science program, you know, the next week. Um, but the thing that Janice would say is, make sure it becomes a part of everyone's workday. Every associate in your company has to be touching it, right? Because um, that's how you get the group learning, right? That's how you help each other avoid um, potholes. That's how you share experiences generally. But like that doesn't just happen, right? It has to be sort of intentionally um, implemented. And if it does just happen, and if you don't have 
sort of a key stakeholder, an you know, executive leader in the company monitoring and sort of managing that, then it's going to go in all sorts of directions, right? And what that's going to do is mm-hmm. it's going to it's going to start distracting people from the North Star exactly. of your business because it's cool, right? And so the the other point I would make here that is that, and I think this is the, the core part of the opportunity, is you really need sort of a God's eye view, right? Or perspective on how we're going to use AI now and then how we're going to change that implementation over time, right? Because even now, new as it is, I mean, Gen AI is only one part of it, right? And even though it's the sexy thing that's getting all the headlines, right? Particularly this whole, you know, Sam Altman thing last week. And <laughs> I actually posted on my LinkedIn uh, that I've accepted a new position as, as CEO of uh, OpenAI. <laughs> to see if he applies, in case he applies. It's, it's, it's just like <laughs> It was sort of like disturbing because I think fully a third of my network uh, probably didn't know who Sam Altman or OpenAI was. And they literally thought that I had become the CEO of this company. Anyway, um, but it's like you need someone, right, that is making those decisions because the reality is even as nascent as it is today um, with Gen AI, you've got a whole history now of AI for many, many years. I mean, machine learning is not new, right? I mean, when I was at Fast Company on the on the ad side, right, we were working with Cisco and, you know, SAP, mm-hmm. like and Intel. And and that was the buzzword then. Right. I mean, you know, Hannah or Hannah or whatever you pronounce it was SAP's first, you know, sort of, you know, attempt at a single view. Right. Of like, here's how the business looks now based on all these inputs, you know, all the way upstream in the supply chain. And that was I mean, that was more than 10 years ago. Right. So um, mm-hmm. there's another huge piece of AI here, which is actually not generative AI. It's what they would call traditional AI, right? It's still machine learning, but it's doing all sorts of different things. So if you take like all of that, right, that's been evolving and accept the, you know, the evolution accelerating and now layer onto that, this other piece called generative AI, right? There's a, there's a lot of things that you can be using AI for in your yeah. business. Now, someone needs to basically look at all of that and decide where we're going to put our time and our investment. Exactly. Right? And it needs to be, again, back to the original point, it has to be reverse engineered from your KPIs. Like, what are your business goals? But more importantly, mm-hmm. you know, we've all got a lot of KPIs, you know, and if you're in a big organization, your supply chain folks have standards they have to hit, right? Your um, your merchandising, you know, org has uh, margin goals and things like that. You've got a marketing department that's trying to, you know, hit a certain number of uh, impressions and, you know, net promoter scores and sort of brand sentiment and, 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 and it's like, you got to make choices, right? And so, so to land the plane there, I think um, again, what I'm excited about is um, getting this conversation at the the right table, right, of the executive leadership. Um, and here's an example, right? We didn't talk about this, but another founding principle of mass commerce AI is that um, we're going to be the one who puts these pieces together in a way that drives not just profitability but sustainability goals. Exactly. Right. You know, in my judgment and in my view right now, nearly all of the AI solutions, whether it's the new Gen AI applications or, again, the traditional AI machine learning stuff, they're fundamentally about um, improving productivity, increasing efficiency, yeah. right? Reducing um, output um, or the inputs you have to put in, you know, to get a certain output. And in commerce, right, commerce broadly, yeah. nearly all of those outcomes are about driving profitability, but they nearly all of them have a carbon impact, a carbon footprint impact, right? It's something, here's an example, right? So, um, you know, Infinite, which is, uh, you know, about imagery uh, that, that did the Haneyville mm-hmm. shape 
Room, uh, the Denson work with Walmart, um, but you're seeing their work in a lot of places. Other partners, Lily AI, Scale AI, Echo, right? Big part of that service is, okay, look at the Amazon ecosystem, right? Two million sellers or whatever. Um, you know, what is it? Yeah. 350 million <laughs> items, right, in the ecosystem. Um, how can I drive conversion, right, and reduce returns? Well, something like an infinite basically says, uh, send us four static images from different angles, right? And our algorithm, our AI tech will render, right, in, in various ways. We can put it in, in situ, right, in a room, in a situation, in a scenario, in a living room. If it's, if it's furniture, we can put it on a person. If it's apparel, we can produce 360s, spins, and you know, we can probably, you know, at some point do video as well. And we can do that for a very, very small fraction of the cost of a custom photo shoot. And we can do it nearly instantaneously, right? So, you know, the supply chain, I said the carbon footprint impact of that is huge because it reduces um, the cloud computing power, right? Normally required, right? Which is about energy consumption. It reduces the need for you to like send a product sample, right? Out and use the, you know, the, the delivery of that, um, particularly if you're, you know, manufacturing in the East and you, you know, you're using a partner for photography, you know, in the West or whatever. So, um, so on the on the production side, right? There's huge implications, but then also the use case is basically this allows me to tell my customer more, tell them better, show them more and better for them to make better and more informed decisions, right? About what they buy, um, which if you follow that all the way, you know, through the through the journey, is going to mean fewer returns, right? And fewer returns means less reverse supply chain, which is good. It's good for retailers because you know, particularly in apparel with the wardrobing you know, phenomenon, which is we've all been trained by the fast fashion folks and I'll go all the way to blaming, you know, OG Bonobos and maybe even, you know, the, the shoe folks before that. Oh, you know what, it's okay. Um, we've, we've got a model here where I'm gonna buy five things and I'm gonna keep one and, you know, return, return the other four. Obviously not sustainable, obviously like margin killer. Um, and it's a carbon killer as well, right? So there's, I think there's a really, really cool opportunity here to, to to recognize and actually attribute, right, the impact of these AI solutions, not just on their ability to drive margin and profit, right, and to improve yeah. customer sentiment, but but also attribute the carbon savings, right? And if we can start to get those things working together, then what's cool about that in big organizations, again, back to sort of matrixed orgs with, you know, different sort of power centers, I think it gets sustainability out of the back of the bus where it's been, which is kind of a nice to have, right? Yeah. It's not, you know, it's, it very few it's not a priority. It's not a priority. Yeah. So it's not an actually hardwired into the business KPIs. There are some exceptions, right? You know, at Walmart, yeah. Project Gigaton, you know, uh, mission to, you know, remove a gigaton worth of carbon um, out of mm -hmm. the ecosystem over the next few years. That certainly becomes a negotiating point with large, you know, legacy one piece suppliers and their JVPs, right? But mm -hmm. it doesn't, obviously, doesn't have the teeth of like, you know, what innovation yeah, you bring in. Really yeah. So <laughs> I think this could actually be a really interesting way of getting that sustainability stakeholder power center in the company, which is really corporate communications, constituent affairs, public relations, um, and marketing, brand marketing, right? Because, you know, we, we as a company are, are, are trying to represent values that we think our customers care about, and sustainability is one of those. We saw a really great, sorry, excuse me, not great example of that, you know, in recent years, which eventually became this idea of greenwashing, right? Which is, I just have to have enough money to, uh, be doing enough things, you know, and, and saying it loud enough to enough people that, you know, I'll be seen as sort of a green, you know, company uh, concerned with sustainability. But I think what's cool is 
with this now, you know, we're going to have a way to actually quantify that in a way that this is where I sort of land the plane. It eliminates the false choice between profitability and sustainability, right? Because you can mm -hmm. do both. I mean, in fact, you have to because the more sustainable solution is nine times out of 10 going to be the more profitable one, right? And the last thing I'll say about that is much as we would love all of our customers to care about sustainability and be tree huggers and want to save the planet, right? Um, some, people, some people just want cheap shit fast, right? Or great, great shit fast or cheap shit slow even, you know, like that, that's the team example. But do they really care about, you know, whether it's made of bamboo or plastic? A lot of, you know, some people don't. And I think, look, there's a sort of pragmatism to this, to AI solutions and, and particularly the way mass commerce AI will be approaching it, which is, I don't have to convince my customer anymore to buy something because it's the right thing for the planet. Because if I just use AI to help their customer journey, help them get more of what they want, you know, in a better experience, all the while on the back end, it's happening in a much more efficient way. Automatically. Right? Yeah. And then we get then we get the sustainability, you know, we check that box as well. Customer never ha never has to know. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, I've been I've been ruminating on this for a while, and um, I just think it's a really, really. I think it has teeth, and I think we're going to see a yeah. lot of jump on board. For sure. Now, I think to start um, to start conclude to this episode because I'm sure a lot of people watching this might be having these questions. Like, of course, everything discussed right now sounds um, amazing in, from the perspective to medium to large companies. But let's say for people just getting started, you know, it's a small Amazon sellers, Walmart sellers, e-commerce, or they're getting into the medium to large tier, but yep. they're still not there. When it comes to AI, what are some of the things maybe high level that they could start implementing that you think could have driving, a, you know, an effect in their, in their business when it comes to profitability and, and being a little bit more sustainable? Yeah, a smaller yeah. scale, basically. Yeah, Yeah, and I would honestly say, like, for SMBs, like, the, that's where, like, the sustainability, just just consider that something that's going to be, like, a nice added benefit if you really mm -hmm. lean into the tech, right? Because... I mean, you know better than me. Um, you know, I I think I might launch a couple of brands, some private brands, just because uh, right. uh, you know I've got the brain trust of folks to sort of help me. And you, and you, and you have the experience, Kevin. Do you have the experience? Uh, so, I was talking to know. Kevin, and he was like, you know, nine nine out of ten of those nine out of ten of you won't make it. I'm like, okay, well, we don't have to pull all the ocean. Let's start here. We'll see where we go. But I, what I do understand is like when you're starting those businesses, cash flow is just, you know, absolutely mission critical. You know, every dollar every uh, spent or saved matters. Right. And so um, I would just at a high level say focus on the AI solutions that are going to help you do that. Right. Become instantly more productive, make smarter decisions. So, you know, a couple of it or, or, or avoid the downfalls or the negative uh, impact of some bad decisions that you did make. So, you know, one example, I mean, I mentioned infinite, right, is one that that's just something that has the ability like, look, I've got I've got a product. Um, I need to make sure the, the listing looks great, right? I'm going to I'm going to use one of these providers like infinite or Lily, right, or scale or echo to just help me spend very little on photography and get really, really great rich media photos, right? And that's going to be nice. good for Amazon. Um, or on Amazon, right? Obviously, your your account fee I think includes now usage of Hex, which is very similar exactly. offering. Yeah. Um, but for Walmart, we know of course the the algo prioritizes imagery, so like that's going to be winning your sales. Um, 
listing you know in terms of like the keywords and not just which keywords but where you place them i mean as we know like this has been a big pain point for folks trying to bring the catalog over from amazon to other marketplaces where the algo treats you know keywords differently and so there's a lot of providers that do that i mean i was talking with uh, justin mayner who you, who you know um uh, recently and yeah. you know, he's he's launched a new venture called detailpages.com which is doing you know precisely this i i remember um months ago you know uh, doing a pod with um, with Ryan King, right? A Blue Rise agency, where you know this is back in the time when you know people were just creating hacks and they were just using ChatGPT to create you know sort of like Excel spreadsheet hacks and they were just kind of sharing broadly. I think that's probably out there, right? So there's a lot of versions of that as well. Um, if you you know from a sourcing to uh, manufacturing standpoint, just look, you overproduce, right? Like I was at Alibaba's offices a few weeks ago and met um, you know Elizabeth, um, mm-hmm. who's you know, really doing amazing things on TikTok shop and have just gone from zero to, you know, a hundred there so quickly, but mm-hmm. look, and, and she's got a methodology about like, you know, how much to produce so that you can give exactly. enough product to the content creators mm-hmm. and the creator network to get the engine going through viral videos. But look, we're not, not all gonna, you know, peg that right. And invariably you're going to produce too much, right? Exactly. Um, there's, there's, there's providers like Ghost, which is ghst.io, which is a B2B marketplace. Mm-hmm. And you know this will be relevant for both our resellers on the call, our diverters, but also our our brand owners because it's basically about bringing um, buyer and seller together for surplus inventory, right? Um, using AI, using data. Because if you overproduce, like, and this works for big companies too. I mean, this is going to be you know one of the partners that it is one of the partners we'll be you know um, bringing to the table for even large legacy folks. I mean, L'Oreal, for example, we all know the example of L'Oreal. Right. When I started at Walmart five years ago on the ad side, that conversation was we're losing the buy box to pharma pack. <laughs> you, know? Um, <laughs> you know, this is we're, we're buying an ad for the lipstick, but we're not getting the sale because, you know, pharma pack won the buy box and they, you know, they own the transaction. Well, what, well, two reasons. One, you know, the ads logic on our side needed to be changed so that like we, you know, the logic that first first determined who was the winner of the buy box and then. And then determine, you know, which ad would fire. Okay, that's fixed. But the larger problem was somebody at L'Oreal decided to offload some surplus inventory, right? And didn't tell a lot of the other, you know, divisions. And this is a big, this brings us back to this notion of like matrix organizations and getting left and right hand talking to each other. Because, you know, then when I was in in the marketplace division, the L'Oreal, the version of L'Oreal problem was, um, well, they, they'd already gone, you know, in with pharma packs and was, were doing strategic planning with them because they realized that was, uh, I think, I think this is my inference because they realized that was a way for the marketing e-com side to sort of take control of the situation that had not yeah. been solved yet. So this, you know, this would, so, you know, their question was always, and increasingly like sellers, uh, brand owners would want, well, you know, kick that reseller off because they're, they're illegitimate. Well, on open marketplaces, you know, it's not so simple. They really have to be doing, you know, they have to be a bad actor, right? Non-compliant. Yeah. So what Ghost does is it says, okay, L'Oreal, or okay, you know, startup, uh, who are six months in and you produce too much, you know, for your TikTok business, bring that directly to a platform. You actually, you know, start the bid and you, you say how much you got of what and where it is, right? And what it costs. And, you know, and then on the other side, on the buy side, that's where the diverters and resellers come and they can search for that. So it's absolutely a marketplace in, in every respect. Um, but it basically, you know, allows you to be intentional about that, right? Yeah. And save margin that you would otherwise trade to a third party, right? Uh-huh. Because it's like, you know, they're not doing it for free. It's like they're gonna they're gonna keep their chunk and they're gonna they're gonna 
juice it up. And then everybody along that value chain, you know, takes a piece. This, this allows you to basically broker directly with the reseller community, right? And then actually develop a relationship. Not, not only like do you save, you know, on margin, you know where it's going and you know who's got it, right? Yeah. Um, so that's those are like the three examples, right? That I think awesome. a startup you know, all the way to a legacy enterprise could find immediately. Yeah. Wow. I mean, to be honest, this episode alone opened my mind so much about AI. I think um, most people, when it comes to AI, they just get stuck that AI is only good for maybe doing some quick copies, some blogs, some images, and they stop there. But now that you open my mind about how the bigger picture is looking like for this enterprise and um, I mean, companies and even small companies, as you just gave the example, is it, it's crazy. And that's why I think, you know, with this new venture you're doing in the space, you're definitely going to add so much value. And I'm sure it is going to go to the moon, man. I see it coming. I see it coming. Maybe, you know, we even work together because I'm sure even for us as an agency, there are things that we should be using AI that we're not. So very excited um, about this, man. And, you know, before we conclude, I'm sure some people now might be wondering, you know, maybe I'm at that stage that I already have certain volume, seven, eight figures, you know, maybe AI is really the the moment for me so for yeah. those that want to reach out and explore how you can help them reach this you know balance between profitability and being sustainable at the same time like um what are some of the contacts you can share with us yeah yeah uh was that con sorry italian accent was that contacts or context <laughs> contacts contacts how do you find that you, right how do you find that uh uh well uh, masscommerce.ai, and that's one S in mass. My initials, Matthew Adam Smith. So, also being a Latin guy, you know, it's Spanish for more. Mas is more. So exactly. Just a nice sort of uh, double entendre. So, uh, mass or masscommerce.ai, right, is where you'll find me. You can also go to my LinkedIn, and I would love it if you guys follow me on LinkedIn as well, um, Matthew Adam Smith. Um, and I had to use the whole name because. Uh, it's just so damn common. The more people I met, the more I, I know. <laughs> I remember first time I met you and I was trying to look for you, man. It took me like one hour to find you. Yeah. I think I got a big enough following now that if you put the whole name in, it'll start to yeah. auto populate and you'll find me. But yeah, um, I would love people, for people to follow me there as well because um, the other side of the business uh, is going to be content. Uh, we're going to be doing podcasts, uh, you know, video series, et cetera, on thought leadership to sort of share, you know, this wisdom, share this advice. Um, not just from my perspective, we're going to be having on, you know, the experts um, who are building this space. And so I think um, if people can follow me there, um, we're going to be putting up great content. We're going to be, you know, uh, polling the, the audience often, right, about what kinds of stuff they need to learn, et cetera. So no. I, I didn't invent this model. I've been watching people like you do this, you know, on your on your YouTubes and your uh, Facebook groups. And I'm also starting. Are you starting to see like you guys are creeping into TikTok? I'm starting to see all you guys yeah. on TikTok. <laughs> Yeah, we're doing a lot of TikTok. You're in my well, feed. Yeah. We're yeah, attacking so, all the fronts, man. <laughs> yeah, so follow Matthew Adam Smith on LinkedIn and uh, go to masscommerce.ai. Uh, you know, ping, ping, ping us there. You can book a consultation. Um, and also, you know, just uh, don't miss Vincenzo or Enzo's or Vincenzi's because he keeps he keeps up in the uh, up in the ante here. Thank you. With this, this episode, uh, you know, notwithstanding, you usually up the empty. <laughs> the <guest. laughs> Thank you for being on the show, man. It's definitely you drop uh, a few bombs here, even for me. So it, it's definitely a pleasure to have you. And I'm sure this is just the beginning because, based on you know your amazing success track history, this is gonna be another you know medal. And I'm sure in a couple of months, when once we meet again, 
you're going to have other tricks you can share with us. So looking forward to them. Yeah. Enzo, next time we speak, you better know what GBT <laughs> stands for. I will. Though. I will do my homework. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. This is awesome. Good to see, see you, brother. Man. Pleasure. See you. Bye-bye. Later. Thanks for listening to The E-Commerce Lab by EcomC. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you are at it, we would appreciate it if you could leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. That will make it easier for others to find out about the show and benefit from it. Want more? Visit our website at www.ecomc.com where you can get your first consultation for free. Or find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at ecomc.com.